Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Off to a rip-roaring start on a Tuesday morning. Uh, Happy to be with you after what was a crazy day in the NBA. Um, If you listened on late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, you would have heard an odd uh, back and forth between me and Paul Paul Jolivitz and I where we got in a little argument about the offseason. I... He took exception to me saying the offseason starts this week. The offseason's been going on for a month. I'm like, all right, well, basketball is ridiculous. It's just, you know, a matter of semantics. Um, You can start making transactions this week, is what I meant. Then Paul got mad at me because the Sixers did make transactions. They hired Doc Rivers, they hired Dal Morey. And I said, okay, well, roster stuff. So, regardless of whether you feel the offseason started a month ago and wrong, or you think the offseason is starting this week. Uh, Monday was a crazy, crazy day um, in the NBA. I missed most of it because I was up pretty much all weekend. I had like a lack of sleep all weekend. I think I got like three hours of sleep over the course of the entire weekend. So I slept basically all day Monday. And I wake up, Chris Paul's traded. Um, As I'm driving in, Drew Holiday gets traded. Mike Angelina's favorite player in the NBA, Rocco gets traded for a massive haul. I mean, pretty big, uh, big return um, with the deal of Rocco to Portland. And the James Harden stuff is out there. We'll get to that later on. Um, Because it's becoming increasingly clear to me, James Harden's probably getting traded one place or another this week. And the odds are it's going to be either Brooklyn or Philadelphia. Um, And we have some sound from Zach Lowe and Windy a little later on that we will get to in regards to that. So we'll talk some NBA um, later on in the show. Uh, Also, we'll have to recap Monday Night Football a little later as the Bears lose the Vikings and Nick Foles injured. Uh, You hope Nick Foles is okay. It looks like somewhat serious injury. He had to get carted off. Um, And it appeared he came down awkwardly on his shoulder. Looks like it's actually a leg or a hip issue. So you hope Nick Foles is okay. We'll get to Monday Night Football a little later on. Uh, But we will start with the Eagles. And here we are a day after that terrible loss to the Giants on Sunday in New York, a little more separated from everything. And obviously, that is the kind of loss, that's the type of loss that will bring up a number of questions in regards to this team, both in the short term and in the long term. You know, there are losses you can look at and you know what went wrong and 
you hope things can get corrected and you move on to next week. And there are other losses that you dwell on a little more. And other losses that make you question the direction of everything in this organization, whether it be players on the roster, whether it be the head coach, whether it be the front office. And this is one of those types of losses, what we saw with the Eagles in New York on Sunday. We talked a little bit last night where, you know, that's the kind of loss you can't take any positives from. It's the type of loss where everybody was bad, from the head coach to the quarterback to the skill guys on offense, the offensive line, the defensive coordinator, every level of the defense, special teams, Dave Fipp, as far down the list as you want to go. There was not one positive thing that I could draw from that game in New York. And it's one of those performances that makes you question the future of everybody and everything from the top down in this organization. We discussed it last night a ton that Jeffrey Lurie needs to take note of what happened, of what's happened all year, because, I mean, if you've been watching the Eagles play the first eight games, you really shouldn't have been that surprised by what happened on Sunday afternoon. And Jeffrey Lurie needs to take note of this and evaluate everybody from the top down. That's what the rest of the season is about to me. It's much less about winning the NFC East and much more about figuring out the future of your team, who you're going to move forward with, and who you feel you're going to have to cut bait with long-term. And that obviously starts with Howie Rose in the front office and filters down. But Doug Peterson is the person at this point that I find to be the most interesting to evaluate and in many ways the most difficult to evaluate. You know, the job that Doug has done this season. Because Doug's tenure here has been up and down in many ways. From 2016, first season that I'll argue actually went better than expected. Yeah, the team finished 7-9 and nine and they had to win a couple games at the end of the year to get to that point. But you had just drafted a young quarterback who looked like he was developing well, which is kind of ironic to say now in year 5 when he's going backwards as much as he is. But yeah, didn't have Lane Johnson for the bulk of the year. That certainly hurt your offense, but it looked like there was a decent foundation. You go to the second year, which even though I said I don't want to revisit this much anymore, we know what happened. We know the Eagles won a championship. On to 2018 and 2019, where this team has, for the most part, struggled mightily over the course of both those seasons, but in many ways let off the hook because of collapses from teams around them. 2018, um, yeah, the Eagles won their final few games of the year. They don't get in the postseason without Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings imploding the final weeks of the season, and especially that final game against Chicago, a home game, that the Vikings lost that they clearly shouldn't have lost. Last year, the Dallas Cowboys, a very similar implosion in a final year of Jason Garrett, where that kind of benefited the Eagles along with an easy schedule at the end of the year, allowing them to get in the playoffs and kind of overshadow the problems that we had seen for the greater part of the season. And, 
you know, it, it makes me question. I, I'm curious at this point, really, where Doug's mindset is. And in many ways, I think we found out this morning. Because I heard Doug Peterson's interview with Angelo. And I never really heard Doug sound the way that he sounded this morning. I've heard Doug upset. I've heard him dejected. I've heard him irritated. I've never heard him as angry as he was this morning. And I will say, I don't think the lead-in really helped with Doug. Um, as And, I mean, poor Ava. Put, put Ava in a rough spot. I'm just going to say that. Because Ava, she, she does her, her Twitter update. Uh, what what what, did you, what were you thinking when you heard this, Mike? When you heard this lead into Doug? Yeah, I was like, oh man, this is uh, wow. You know, doing so close to him being on on the line. He, um, well, you know what? Too, there's been a couple of weeks where he's alluded to like Joe's energy on the phone. Have yeah, you heard that he, he does take note of Joe's energy yeah. a lot. So yeah, I mean, this is a totally different. Uh, you know, he's just now he's just you know he's. I guess going around the, the horn with different people he's talking about. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to go back to a, a little social media gripe throwback, it was kind of cringeworthy. You know, when people say <laughs> something is cringe. That was cringeworthy. But here was first um, Doug being introduced on the morning show this morning. Who do you blame the most for the Eagles 10 point loss to the Giants? 72% coaching. Interesting. Head coach of the Eagles, Doug Peterson. Hi, Doug. Good morning, Angelo. Thanks for the lead-in. I appreciate that. I'm sorry. I, that was just... That the, was awesome. I know. That really, that, hey, listen, that just puts me in a great mood today. <laughs> Doug, Already in a good mood. I yeah. appreciate it. I, I kind of felt you probably wouldn't be in a good mood. You Can did, I hang up now? No, no. Please don't, Doug. I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling my obligation right now. If I, I hang up, I feel my obligation. Doug, I fully understand. I'm, I'm pissed off, Angelo. All right. What about, Doug? I'm pissed off. It really was great. I mean, it really, it was perfect comedically for that to be the way that went down. And I mean, some people might think Doug was being sarcastic or I don't think Doug was joking around. I think he was legitimately upset. I don't think he was legitimately upset, though, with the question, like being asked. I, I don't think he was upset with the poll results. I don't think he really cares about that, to be honest with you. But Doug was obviously frustrated by what went down yesterday in New York. Much more frustrated than I have ever heard him. Here's more of Doug elaborating on his frustrations. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off at myself. I'm pissed off at the way we played. And and it's just, it, it frustrates me. It frustrates me to no end. And, you know, it's, it's we have too much pride. And I have too much pride. These players have too much pride. We, we work our ass off during the week. And, and you know, it's 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 frustrating. It is frustrating. And, you know, that's how you should feel. It is. That's how you should feel after that kind of loss. Here's more of Doug um, talking about all the blame that, based on the poll results, has come down primarily on him. Blame it on me all you want. Don't, I mean, I'll handle it with the players. You can blame it on me. I'm a big guy. I can handle it. That's fine. Um, but this is... We're, we're still we're self-inflicting ourselves. We are killing ourselves. We're shooting ourselves in the foot. All those cliche little you know statements is 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 still showing up, and 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 it's frustrating. And you know you can hear Doug in that clip. Of course, he's frustrated by all this, but he is also searching for answers. 
Because, you know, we played the sound last night of Doug saying after the game that he didn't see any of this coming. He thought the preparation for this game was sound. He thought the preparation was solid. He did not see any of this coming. And he doesn't seem to be a coach right now that has a, a, a lot of answers or has a great feel for his team. Here's here's a little more from Doug talking about upon the rewatch and watching the film, what exactly stood out to him. I look at a lot of different things. I look at, you know, um, number one, I look at 11 penalties. I mean, let's just start there. Let's start with 11 penalties. Whether we agree with them or not, there's 11 penalties. Let's start with 0 for 9 on third down. Let's look at that, right? The, those are... Those are penalties, are discipline things. Third down are execution things and also play calling things. And when I look at this tape today, it's exactly what jumps off at the screen. And you look at stuff like that, you look at penalties, you can blame it a lot of different ways. You can blame it on the players on the field. You can blame it on youth, like that idiotic Sean Bradley play where he pushes a guy out of bounds near the sideline, gets called for a block in the back that had absolutely... I mean, it made no sense to commit that penalty in that spot, but Doug's right. Ultimately, it comes back on his head. It comes back to coaching. Whether it's him, Dave Fipp, Jim Schwartz, any of the position coaches, that's where the blame will lie when you see all all this undisciplined play and all of the stupid play on the field, and it does come back on Doug. Here's one more uh, from Doug Peterson talking about just the the um, fact that his team seemed just so unprepared uh, inexplicably for this game. I mean, it's almost like, you know, you can sit here with a crystal ball on a Monday and go, I know exactly how these Giants are going to play, right? I mean, you just know that. It's NFC East. It's, 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 it's the same way when you play the Cowboys or, or Washington. You just know. And... Uh, to me, that's what's frustrating is is being able to explain that during the week and even have the players understand and, and even communicate that back. And then to go out and play like we did is very frustrating. I, I am frustrated. And, you know, you can tell he's angry. You can tell he's frustrated, as he should be. And you can tell he's searching for answers. And... Uh, You know, this is really the first time. I said it last night, and I'll say it again. We will always talk when a team is struggling about the future of the head coach. We did it last year after the Eagles lost to Miami. We did it the year prior uh, to a lesser extent, considering it was the first year after a Super Bowl title. But we did it to an extent that year when, you know, the Eagles had lost that ugly game in New Orleans. And they seemed to have bottomed out that year. But this is truly the first time in Doug Peterson's tenure as Philadelphia Eagles coach that I think his back is up against the wall. I think his job is in legitimate jeopardy when you look toward the end of this season and when you look beyond. And if you want to get in, 215-592-9494, We'll take plenty of calls tonight. I'd love to hear from you. Um, but Doug's job is on the line and Doug's job is in jeopardy and these next seven games will go a long way to determine a lot of people's future 
in this organization. But I think Doug, more than anybody else, part of the reason for that, you heard, you know, Jody explain it, uh, you know, eloquently to me during the crossover, is because of where Carson Wentz's contract is and the fact that the Eagles almost need to be committed to him beyond this year. Now, you know, if the Eagles just decide it's without a doubt that Carson Wentz is the issue, I think in the end they would, you know, eat whatever they had to eat and move on with Doug if they think Doug is the right coach and that Doug could could, could succeed with another quarterback like Jalen Hurts. But Doug's in a lot of, Doug is in a very uneasy position right now. And I think that interview on the morning show, and why I wanted to play those cuts right off the bat, I think that illustrates that Doug knows that he's in trouble. And Doug knows that his future is uncertain. Because I've never heard him like that before. And he has come on with Angelo for five years now. After many frustrating losses. Many losses where he was taking the brunt of the criticism the next day. And I have never heard him react like that. I have never heard him as upset, as frustrated, and in many ways, as defensive as he was on Monday morning. Um, So, you know, I want to know what your level of faith is in Doug Peterson moving forward. Uh, Because his job is clearly on the line. Um, Do you have faith in Doug Peterson? that he can be the coach for the future in this town? And should he be the coach for the future in this town? And I don't want to hear the, well, he won a Super Bowl in 2017. The three-year period, um, it's been three years since that happened. Nobody has a job for life. Winning a Super Bowl, as great as it was, it didn't guarantee Doug a job for life. It didn't guarantee Howie Roseman a job for life. It didn't guarantee... Carson Wentz a job for a decade as the quarterback of this franchise. You're judged year to year on this in this league based on your performance. And this is no nothing new with this football team, really. Just because they've gotten the playoffs, we've been able to ignore it to a degree. But this has not been a good football team over the last three years. And ultimately, that is going to fall on the head coach. And for the first time, Doug's job is is in legitimate jeopardy. Do you have faith in Doug Peterson moving forward as the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, uh, let's get Keith in here before the break. What's up, Keith? Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Uh, so um, this is what I see out of Carson Wentz, is that he seems to hold the ball and then throws fastballs to people. He doesn't, like, throw the good 50-50 ball up. You saw the Giants after the Eagles scored. Jones, he threw two balls up in the air. The Giants high-pointed them, and they brought them down. Carson Wentz throws fastballs. And it it, it drives me crazy, because he didn't used to do that. And I don't understand it. Like, he, he doesn't know what to do with the ball. Yeah, Keith, well, it's never been a strength of his as far as touch on passes. And I, not to bring up the full stuff, I don't really want to get into that, but um, that was one of the things that, you know, people would bring up as far as Foles 
and his abilities over Wentz is that he throws a more catchable ball, and that's been something that Carson Wentz has struggled with, um, and I think it's why a lot of his passes sail high that he doesn't put a lot of touch on him, and he does kind of you know try to gun it in every time. But, but it almost makes you think, like, is it the receivers? So some of the receivers, are they can go somewhere else to have another quarterback throw them better balls and they'll be better, or is it is what? it Wentz? And I, I love Wentz. I want him to succeed, but it just seems like it's fastball after fastball. Yeah, no, no. Um, I, I hear you, Keith, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. I That has been an issue with Carson Wentz is the, the touch or lack thereof on his passes. And, um, I mean, Carson Wentz has it's, it's really struggled. We'll get to Carson Wentz later on. Um, I have some sound from Brian Boldinger I'm going to want to play later on in the show where he does a breakdown on a third and short. One of those third downs the Eagles don't convert. And it looks like a bad play call, but, I mean, Boldinger breaks it down. It's, it's just a, a, a terrible throw. Like, there's nothing – it's just uh, – it's a terrible throw. And we'll get to that later on um, and a lot of stuff with Carson. Uh, but – and if you want to get in on Carson Wentz now, you're welcome to. Uh, but starting off talking about Doug Peterson's future and the level of faith you have in him moving forward. Can Doug Peterson – do you still have faith that he can be a quality head coach that can right the ship and get this team back on track? And I'm not talking about just this year. I'm talking about for the future. Do you feel that Doug can still be that guy? 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. See Joe in South Philly. Joe, you'll be first right after the break. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Tuesday morning. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Um, You know, disappointing day in the city uh, to begin with because of, you know, further shutdowns due to the pandemic ramping back up, including um, fans no longer being allowed at the link for the time being. And I know it's frustrating for everybody. I know it is, you know, disappointing. But it is necessary, you know, unfortunately. Um, So I do think that the right decisions are being made as far as the Eagles are concerned. And, and, you know, um, I I feel for everybody out there is going to be affected by this. It just, it's really unfortunate, um, you know, that it's gotten to this point. You just, you know, you wish, I, I mean, I said it back way back in the spring that, you wish we'd have handled things better so it wouldn't have had to get to this point again. Unfortunately, it has. Um, so a disappointing day on that front uh, to begin with. And then you throw the Eagle stuff in, which in the end is is more trivial. Uh, but obviously, that's what we talk about um, on the station here. And yeah, no more fans for the time being at the link. That's disappointing. Um, and really disappointing for people. Now, fans might might be deprived of Jameis at the link in a few weeks. Uh, because Drew Brees is going to be out for a few weeks with rib fractures. Also had a collapsed lung. That doesn't sound very comfortable. Um, but I'd imagine Jameis gets the bulk of the playing time. They'll still work in T- Taysom Hill because uh, Sean Payton is obsessed with with Taysom Hill. Still productive. Oh, God. Get out of here. He's been great the last two he weeks. Stinks. He I stinks. I think of you every time he makes a play. You do? 
Yeah. That's that's good, Mike. Yeah. Um, but how how excited were you to see Jameis get some run on Sunday? That must have you must have been all fired up. You just got done. Well, actually, you're probably working the post game show at the time. Yes, yeah, so, and for some reason, um, Fox carried the Steelers Bengals game. Uh, so I only I had that on one screen, and then on the other screen I had red zone. So I didn't. Wow, I'm I, stunned we actually get red zone here. That's yeah, shocking yeah, to yeah. begin with. Um, yeah, I mean, don't, our channel don't... our channel situation is very limited, despite being in these studios for about a year now. What's <laughs> so bad? Uh, so yeah, it, uh, I didn't immediately know who's in the game. I guess is my, my long way of saying that. Okay, um, but yeah, no, it was pretty cool. Uh, I because I didn't know if he was benched either, if Breeze was benched or he was hurt. Um. You know, I, I can only spend so much time looking at the screen to get an answer on a game I don't really care about. Right. So, well, you know, Jameis could be playing at the link in a few weeks. That would be fun to watch. Um, and maybe give the Eagles a better opportunity to win. Who knows? Even though uh, Jameis' last game at the link, five touchdowns. His rookie year against Chip. I remember that one vividly. And then um, uh, uh, the muscle hamster. What, Doug Martin. Name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot his real name, but I remembered his nickname. Yeah, that was that final year of Chip. And I think after... I think that was the week before the Eagles went to New England and inexplicably beat no. the Patriots. It wasn't? I think it was four days before Thanksgiving. You're right. And then they went to Thanksgiving and got slaughtered by Detroit. Then they went to New England and beat the Patriots. Good memory, Mike. Good recall there. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Other quarterback news. Doug Gottlieb is tweeting out that Nick Foles has a hip pointer and that he's fine. So I guess Doug Gottlieb is breaking NFL news now. I don't know if I trust Doug Gottlieb's NFL insights. I'll wait for Shefty and Rap Sheet to get out there. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But what is your level of faith in Doug Peterson? Because that was a pitiful performance all the way around on Sunday. And it showed that Doug doesn't really have a pulse for this team right now. He thought they were prepared, thought they were ready to go, coming off a bye week. There's no excuse to lose that game, and especially no excuse to lose it in the fashion that the Eagles did. So what is your level of faith right now in Doug as we move forward? Because for the first time since his tenure began, I think his job's truly in jeopardy. Uh, let's go to Joe in South Philly. What's up, Joe? Hey, how you doing? How's it I going? think Doug Peterson is going to be fine. I got to say, you know, does he make questionable calls? Yeah, without a doubt, but if he... You know, they get the plus side, they do what they're trying to do and get the yardage they want on those calls or those two-point conversions, then he looks like a hero. Risk-reward. Is he capable of coaching these guys in the shape? Absolutely. It's just after every bye week for the past few years, I've noticed they come off to like a bit of a slow start. Was I expecting them to get beat up by the Giants that bad? No, but it was a chance of them losing. Yeah, the Giants are starting to play a little bit better football, and I would have expected a three-point swing either way. But Doug, I think he would be fine. Yeah, but, uh, but that is kind of an indictment on the coach, though, Joe, isn't it? When you come out of the bye week every year and you don't play well, I mean, that kind of tells me that the coach uh, maybe is doing something wrong during that bye, re- bye week you know, preparation time. It could go either way with the coach or even the players. Yeah, they got guys that are who are hurt, guys who are expect they're hoping to play that don't play, vice versa. You know, it depends on your staff going out there and your game plan changes according to who you have. And as far as Carson Wentz, I do actually still see him as our future quarterback. 
I might get a little bit of kickback from this, but I see a little bit of Brett Favre in him. He, he's going to take those risks no matter what, but he connects with those risks. Same thing with Doug Peterson going for twos. He looks like a hero, and everyone's going to have a bad year or a bad game as long as it ain't like two or three years in a row that it's bad like that. Well, I mean, Joe, what have you seen from Carson to inspire confidence, though? I mean, he's had a there, – there's having a bad year and there's having a terrible year. Like – and you talk about I don't really I'm not gonna lie I don't really get the Brett Favre comparisons because Brett Favre at least would hit on a lot of those big plays Carson Wentz doesn't hit on any of those big plays. Carson Wentz has hit on a, a lot of plays I thought has he tried to thread the needle a little too many times Yes, but with threading that needle you know you kind of like that pass with Miles Sanders in the back of that field back of the end zone I forget. Uh, against who it was. Yeah, he thread was, the needle on that, and that changed the game a bit. That was last year, Joe. That was no, last, that was this year, wasn't no, it? No, I, no, that was last year. In, in Washington, yeah. That was a long time ago. That was like 11 months ago. All right, then I'm just an idiot. No, you're not an idiot, Joe. Uh, but, but, yeah. but Car- Carson Wentz, he does have a lot of upside to him. I think, you know, the receivers he has, I, I actually like his receiving core now. Do I think we need Alshon Jeffrey? No, I don't. I'm happy with Greg Ward. He was a great turnaround. Hightower, I think, needs a little bit more work. But uh, other than that, I think we're good. Uh, One thing I would like to see them do a little bit differently on offense is maybe try a little Pittsburgh with Jerome Bennis, you know, throw a lineman back there for the tough yardage. It actually kind of sucked when they got got rid of Jordan Howard. Back when he was being drafted, I wanted the Eagles to try to go up and get him. And then they got their hands on him, and then they let him go again. He's yeah. just that, that guy for that short yardage you need to worry about. I don't need to worry about massive plays. Getting that two, three tough yard grind is what we need back there for some situations. No, I got you, Joe, and I appreciate the call. I disagree on Jordan Howard. I, the Jordan Howard thing's kind of funny to me. Because last year, certain people pounding the, pounding the desks with both fists, we need more Jordan Howard! We need Jordan Howard! Up the middle, five yards every play. Very popular player. Very popular player amongst uh, a very vocal minority in this town. You I think. Could, before the shutdown, you couldn't go anywhere around town without seeing a Jordan Howard jersey. Yeah, sure. Jordan Howard right now is in Miami. You wouldn't know because he doesn't play. Their top three running backs are hurt. He still doesn't play. Jordan Howard is not good, okay? Jordan Howard... Uh, I know we love the idea of a big back, and that's not the NFL these days. And I'll get to my run-the-ball rant later on. I'm saving it because uh, it just drives me. It drives me insane. The, the Eagles need to run the ball more. Well, no, and I'll explain why later on. But I, I actually thought Jordan Howard got cut today. Did he? He may, Did he? I, I slept a lot of the day, like I said. Yeah, that's why, I thought that's why you brought him up before the show. He got cut today. No, I just, I just brought him up because he just can't get on the field. So, hey— they bring back Jordan Howard. There you go. Maybe that's what the Eagles need. That'll really jumpstart this offense that has been lulled to sleep. It was a mutual parting, though, they, they say. Okay, great. Um, but, uh, by the way, has anybody brought up the idea of putting Milad in the backfield yet? Has that, he's not playing left tackle. So, why? you know, I've never heard that one before. Never heard it. Call Saturday and bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, no, but in all seriousness, um, I don't think that is the way to win football games in the uh, NFL in 2020, which is, you know, pounding the ball up the middle for two, three yards a pop. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Open lines right now. Um, 
your level of faith in Doug, because Doug's the guy right now, more than anybody else, who has his back up against the wall. Um, so I want to get your take on that. When we return, I have a social, I have two social media gripes for you, actually. So we'll do that. And also, um, not, you know, I want to talk about what, not just whether we have confidence in Doug, but whether the organization has confidence in Doug Peterson. Because I think it's pretty clear that there is a disconnect between Doug Peterson and the organization and that the Eagles are losing faith as a whole. So we'll talk about that as well. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly. Filling in for Big Daddy Graham on a Tuesday morning. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 to join the show. It is time for our social media gripe of the day. We'll get back to the phones in one second here. Um, But I have a couple social media gripes that I want to get in here. Um, And the first one, they're both kind of, I don't know, they're both maybe somewhat similar. But the first one is one that always bothers me. When somebody... You know, as when they scroll Twitter or something, and they're seeing a, a bunch of stuff that they don't necessarily like, and they'll tweet, okay, you know, quote tweet something, okay, time to log off. <laughs> Does anybody actually log off of Twitter? Yeah, I, I could like, because I'm I'm imagining most people they just close the app are looking at yeah they're looking at it on their phone. Like I I never log off of Twitter on my phone. It's maybe a matter of semantics. You know, but the, would you, what do you think of that one, Mike? Look right here. The bag man is still logged in. Yeah, well, that, by the way, this is something that bothers me. I won't I won't mention his name. We, we, we don't mention his name. But the producer of one of the shows on the station stays logged in on everything. Oh, my God, on every... Like, D- dude, log out of your account. I go to sign into my Gmail, and there's, you know, jfritz34, whatever the hell his username is. Every time. Man. Log out. You put his you put his handle out there. Is that his handle? I don't know. Whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> well, I have a. It kind of stinks. I guess he's public. Well, I I hate that one time when I was logging into Twitter in one of our studios here. Um, I I have I you know you put in your username, then you hit the tab over for the password. I accidentally typed it all in one and then failed password. So every time like. When you have all the usernames that have signed in. So now it's just my username and then like my password after it, which is clearly my password. So that 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 is not good. And I don't know how to clear it. Is there a way to clear? I'm sure there is. I've just past never, usernames? I've never had to all right. never done it. So that's a matter of semantics where, you know, people say time to log off, but nobody actually logs off. They just close the app. Um, you know, time to take a break, maybe that's one thing, but nobody's actually logging off. And then the other one, when people are when they think they're putting out like a hot take or a controversial take or something like that, when they'll um, they'll tweet out something and then at the end they'll put send tweet. They'll actually type send tweet. I don't. That, you might not know what I'm talking <laughs> no, about. I haven't that. seen that. No. It's just I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Just a couple of those social media trends that bother me. Um, so that's the social media gripe of the day. We have one coming later in the week. I'll be back in Wednesday into Thursday. That is courtesy of Mike. Something yeah. he sent me. Well, this one's a doozy, so we have to save it for later on in the week. It's very odd. And you you asked me via text, do people actually do this? And I 
I don't think so. We'll, we'll, that's a teaser for two Somebody nights. Somebody did, now. though. We're going to have to make this a bigger part of the show than just one little social media gripe. Uh, so we'll give you this one on Thursday when I'm back. 215-592-9494. Talking about Doug Peterson, do you have faith in him as a coach? Um, because I think the organization itself has started to lose faith. We'll play some sound, uh, whether it's here in the next segment, to kind of illustrate that. But, but uh, do you still have faith in Doug as the coach of this team moving forward? Let's go to Don in West Philly. What's up, Don? Hey, that's funny about the Twitter, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, Doug Peterson is a good coach. Um, Wentz should not have this contract. And too many players have left. Like, with Garrett Blunt's gone, with Nussie's gone, Big B's gone, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, and the coach is leaving. Jason Peters signing, that's ridiculous. They can't find players. Roseman is not finding guys. Uh, and so, you know... It's, it's, I don't think it's Pearson's fault. What can he do? Belichick couldn't win with his team. No, there's no way. Yeah, Don, I, I I, don't think the roster is as big as – like, I don't think the skill positions are as big a problem. Um, The okay, offensive no. line hasn't been good. There are holes on the offensive line. And I agree that Wentz is the bigger issue. Like, I see it the same way as you do. Um, But – just the facts of everything with where they are contractually with him, the odds are that they would move on from Doug before they'd move on from Wentz, yeah, right or not. Yeah. They, I don't know. Who knows? They they always make the coach the fall guy, though. That's what they do. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of times that's the way it goes. Um, but I will say this. You know, over the last couple of years, it hasn't been good enough, even though they made the playoffs. Uh-huh. And, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and yeah, I, I think that the, ultimately the coach is the first to be held responsible. Right, I know. It's unfortunate, it is. So you still have faith in Doug moving forward, Don? Yeah, of course. I think he's a terrific coach. And you know what? He might leave after the year after all this. And he'll go somewhere else and he'll win. Yeah. Like I, when he, and yeah, when Andy Reid was here, he was awesome. And now he's in Kansas City and look at him. Man, gosh. Oh, Andy, Andy. And, and yeah, I, I know. Yeah, Andy. I appreciate the call, Don. Thanks, man. Andy, Andy is just, if there's any doubt at this point that Andy Reid is like, we're getting to the point where Andy Reid is like a top five coach in the history of football, honestly. Um, and I, I, it it does bring me a lot of joy to just shove it in the Andy haters' faces. Because, I mean, and I'm not saying the Eagles should have kept Andy. I, I saw, were they talking about that last week? Should the Eagles have kept Andy? Somebody talking about that? That was a leading topic. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it was time for Andy to leave here. I think we all know that. You know, when you're 14 years in a place, eventually, you know, it just wears out. I'm not saying the Eagles should have kept Andy Reid, but for anybody who thought Andy wasn't a very good coach, Andy was obviously a tremendous coach. And I think that's more clear now than it's ever been. Best in franchise history. Without a doubt. Uh, I'm a big fan of Andy Reid's. So he has been. Paul was on. Sounded like he's on remote that night or something. Uh, a, lot, a lot of noise in the background. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Scott and Redding. What's up, Scott? Hey there. How you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I, um, you know, I'm kind of pretty much calling about the, the status in general of the Eagles, the, the Doug Peterson whole thing. Um, you know, I put the, the maybe the whole team right now. You can break it down individually. Certainly, we're going to focus on the quarterback and the coach, but it's sort of like this. An analogy for you would be, let's say you hired somebody to clean your office every day. 
and they only show up three days out of the week, what do you do? You, you hire somebody, you get somebody else. The job's not getting done. And that, that's pretty much what you feel like if you watch the Eagles games every week. They, they got to hire a new, somebody new to clean the office. And I'm not just saying, I don't mean like clean house and get rid of people, but there's a problem. And clearly they, the team does not know how to solve it. So what do you do then? Uh, yeah, I mean, somebody, somebody, something, some change needs to be made, Scott. I, I think that's pretty clear. Um, you know, and obviously, I mean, theoretically, things can change in the next seven weeks. I don't really think they will. What change no. do you think needs to be made? Well, it, it's, I think it's very hard for any spectator who's who's you know doesn't coach or doesn't you know not on the sideline week to week in football to really really know what the problem is. But if you you, you listen to his press conferences. And it literally makes me sick. I don't think Doug has any of the answers. No, you, know, I, you don't have to really listen to his press conference to know what he's going to say. He's going to hee haw around, and I don't think there's anybody who can solve the problem. And I'm not sure it is the quarterback, but you know, it's it's got to be, you know, it's got to be one of them. I'm afraid. Yeah, no, 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 Scott, and and it's pretty clear that Doug doesn't have any answers. I mean, just by the sound we played at the top of the show from him on the morning show. Like, he is obviously perplexed. He obviously was blindsided by what he saw Sunday. He said he thought the team was prepared. He thought the team was ready to go. Um, and it, it clearly didn't play out that way. And that's the most concerning thing to me is that Doug didn't have the pulse, the finger on a, the pulse of his team because, yeah, I thought Wentz was bad, but that game was also beyond Carson Wentz. You know, there were plenty oh, yeah. of issues on defense and special teams as well. They look every week like it's the first game of the year. Yeah, uh, yeah, they no, they have they have looked um wildly wildly inconsistent, wildly unprepared at times, Scott. And I appreciate the call. And that is concerning. Um and when your head coach, when you have a performance like that and your head coach doesn't have any of the answers, uh that's that's clearly clearly troubling. And I want to get to something real quick here. Um, Because we talk about whether the Eagles have faith in Doug Peterson long-term. And whether the Eagles have confidence in Doug. You know, and whether we have confidence in Doug, rather. But I really wonder whether the organization has confidence as well. And whether the organization really, uh, you know, wants Doug here, to be honest with you. And the type of things that they trust him with, like whether they trust him or not. And so much of it, it it struck me toward the very end of my show last night in the final segment. And I said, we'll talk about it more tonight. But so much of it goes back to right after last season and the whole situation with micro where we talked about it plenty, whether you felt micro should be fired or not. You know, and obviously the offense hadn't performed well in 2018-2019. They didn't spurts. Honestly, performed better in 2018-2019 than they have this year. But, you know, whether Mike Groh uh, deserved to come back here. And, you know, I think it was pretty clear the way things went down that this decision did not come from Doug Peterson. So I want to take you back all the way to last January. 
This was a couple days following the Eagles' loss to the Seahawks in the playoffs. Doug Peterson, when asked whether Mike Rowe and then receivers coach Carson Walsh would return for the 2020 season. These two gentlemen uh, did an outstanding job for me, uh, for the team, and uh, really put us in a position to uh, you know, be in the postseason here at the end of the year. Take one will, they, will they be back, though? You didn't answer if you'll be back. Yes, both those guys will be back. <clears throat> Uh, you know, that that was as definitive as it gets. As definitive as it gets. Doug Peterson saying, yeah, they'll be back. Well, two days later, they were fired. And Doug, based on his, his history, his press conference history, um, you know, he is not really a, a guy who's good at lying. I, I think if Doug has any weakness it's that he's overly truthful at times and I think that was the truth I think at that time Doug Peterson had every intention for Mike Groh and Carson Walsh to return to the coaching staff in 2020 then something happened here was Doug a few weeks later talking about why ultimately Mike Groh was fired you know, there's times where course of the season, course of the year, things just don't work out. You know, I'm constantly evaluating everybody, and, and my coaches know this coming into this into this business and into this uh, our organization, and I have to make tough decisions. We have to do it with the players. We have to do it with coaching staff, and, and so I was, you know, just made that, made that move. And, I mean, Doug can say that, and obviously he's going to say that, because Doug, if, if that wasn't his call, it's probably somewhat embarrassing for him. It is. It's probably somewhat embarrassing for him to have to say, yeah, this is something that came above my head or something that came from the quarterback. Because I don't rule that part of it out either. That Carson Wentz had a role in this. And that Carson Wentz um, may have wanted Mike Rowe gone. Because Carson Wentz obviously feels like he works better with Press Taylor, even though the results would indicate the Press Taylor-Carson Wentz duo uh, does not produce many results on the football field. Um, but that part of it has stuck with me. And I think it's very difficult to get past that when you look at Doug and why Doug is truly the person on the hot seat right now. It's because of, you know, the contract situation with the quarterback makes it very difficult to move on from that position, clearly. Um, And a lot of times when your team is underperforming and the coach doesn't have answers, The coach is the first one to go. And that was a real indicator last year to me uh, that Doug's job wasn't as secure as we thought. And now with another season kind of going off the rails, uh, I think it amplifies that even more that, you know, if you don't trust Doug Peterson to hire his own coaches, do you really trust him at all? Um, And when we get back, I want to elaborate on that a little bit and play uh, some sound from Brandon Lee Gouton, who was on with Jody Mack um, earlier, who I thought had an interesting answer uh, to one of the questions in terms of Doug's power. We'll do that. Also see Mike in South Philly wants to talk about the NBA offseason. So we'll get the mic as well. Uh, and then you, if you want to get in, open lines. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.